If you had one moment and one breath left to live and that was it, would you feel regret or would you feel peace? And if you don't, that's the fucking wake up call. That is the moment to realize that you are the only person that can make a shift in your life. It doesn't matter about the past. It doesn't matter what mommy didn't do or daddy didn't do. You are responsible now right here to take a breath and take this moment consciously that you are commanding into the space. I am making a change. And every moment after that, I am working on it. And this is how we start to make massive rapid transformation in our life because we're conscious to becoming the person that we always knew was inside of us. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Hey everyone, so glad you're here and thanks for tuning in. If you are enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered direct to your device as soon as they're published. Also consider posting a review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps me out and it helps other people get a feel for what the show is all about. For full show notes and more, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. My guest today is Zoe Davenport. She is the founder of The Haven Collective, a high-frequency container for creators of the New Earth Paradigm who are ready to come together and amplify the field through the potency of collective group consciousness. She is a gifted multidimensional channel, psychic visionary for leaders, author, speaker, and coach. Zoe Davenport, welcome to Being. Zoe Davenport, welcome to Being. Thank you for being here. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Patrick. I'm happy to be here in being. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So I have the privilege and honor of calling Zoe a friend and a colleague, a retreat buddy, a mentor, a surf buddy, all of the above. <laughs> we've hung out uh, a bunch of times and we've broken bread together. You've stayed at my house. I've stayed at your house. So this is a real privilege and honor to have you on the show and dive right in. Uh, so for those that aren't familiar with you, uh, let's just start with who is Zoe Davenport? What kind of work are you doing in the world right now? Mm, that's a good question. Who is Zoe Davenport? Yes. <laughs> I'm still figuring. I'm still figuring that one out. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> who, who am I? Who what are you right purpose? now? Yeah. Who are you right now? How's that? <laughs> oh, who am I right now? I am showing up in divine service to align as many souls as I can to their highest available timeline. Ooh. And I facilitate that through online courses, programs, activations, in-person retreats, in-person days, and private mentorship. Wow. Amazing. Okay. We'll totally, we're going to unpack all that, but uh, I do know more about you than, uh, than that, uh, which is your, your past. So I would love to um, sort of ask you about your transformation, your embodiment of your purpose and your power, because that wasn't always the case. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, so I, you, you're familiar with my journey with alcohol and I think we've spoken a number of times about that. Um, but can you just sort of walk us through what was your childhood like and what was kind of the point in your life that was the, the point of transformation, like the, the inflection point? Mm, that's a great question. Um, so when I was a child, I was, I was pretty awake spiritually, but I didn't know what that was, what it was. I knew mm. that I was psychic 
I knew that I was a witch. I knew that I just knew <laughs> things. I knew that I was different. I felt like I was adopted. I kind of had mm. numerous conversations with my parents, like asking them, begging them to let me know like who my biological parents were oh. and that it was okay. I forgave them. Like uh, I, for many years, it was, it was really strong. And were you adopted? And no, no, but no, then you I just, wasn't adopted. you felt this belonging elsewhere. Felt this belonging elsewhere. Wow, fascinating. And, you know, my childhood was was semi-okay, but also, you know, very traumatic as well. A lot of, mm-hmm. you know, alcohol, abuse, drugs, um, overuse of marijuana, yeah. which doesn't really sound like a bad thing, but it, it was still an addiction. <laughs> right. And, you know, lived in a very kind of ghetto, impoverished neighborhood, experienced a lot of bullying as well, because I was kind of different. Mm. Um and I went into my teens kind of pretty much um, having been stripped down of any unique gifts that I had. I used to have a photographic memory. I used to be able to read a screenplay from front to back, and then I'd know all the words, all the lines, myself wow. and the other people. Um, and so just I had this kind of this ways, especially with maths, I would just know the answer and I would always fail because they'd want me to show the working out, but I wouldn't work <laughs> it out. I wouldn't work it out how they had 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 made me write down right. and they didn't understand that I saw it as color and right. shape. Oh, wow. And so by the time I went to secondary school, I was in like, you know, the lowest class, the lowest set and was told I had this, you know, severe dyslexia and it, I was going to struggle to ever write properly, which I find funny now because I wrote a book and I, one of my main <laughs> things of sharing is writing. Um, and then when I went into my teens and adulthood, I experimented with a lot of recreational drugs, um, very young, 15, 14, 15, 16, um, went to a lot of um, nights that probably, possibly I shouldn't have been allowed into. Right. Um, but I, there was something within the experiences of that through the use of LSD, of ecstasy, and the dance music that mm. I felt home. Mm. Like I felt a, a sense of belonging. And I lived for that. I lived for the music and mm. dropped, out of, dropped out of kind of uh, college and, and took a year off and kind of started to go down like a not very great path. Mm. And I went to this event. Uh, I think I was around 16 or 17 and I just had this awakening, one of my first kind of mini awakenings of if I carry on doing this, I'm going to blink and I'll be 40 years old and still doing the same thing. Right. And this doesn't feel good to me. This doesn't feel good to my body. And so I realized that I was actually really underweight and wasn't really eating properly. And I had kind of eating issues and I was kind of happy that I didn't eat when I was out clubbing. And so I cleaned up and I didn't, I let go of all of that friendship group and totally shifted my life and went back to college and and restudied. Mm. Um, So that was kind of my first awareness of, wow, I can control my reality. I can make a shift for the better and make positive changes. Um, And then into my twenties, I've always been a little bit different. Like in if ever <laughs> anyone would talk to me about kind of God or spirituality, my answer was always energy. I was like, well, everything's energy. Everything's always connected. Right. I'd heard a little bit about law of attraction, um, but it wasn't until I was around 28 that I started to receive what you would call activation codes. So just reminders in my physical reality that made me turn my head and go, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that means. Mm. And then it got to the point where I had a breakdown through a break, uh, through a breakup with, um, everything of my life was involved in that relationship. My, my job, my career, my money, 
my investments, my, my home, my stuff. Like, and I was suddenly like on the floor of my friend's house of all of my stuff around me. I was like, how did I get this so wrong? How did I make mm. such a, such a dead end? And it's like, I had this voice, like, now you're ready. I was like, ready for what? It's like, now you're ready to see who you are. Wow. And so from that moment, it was like a snowball of where I had a session with someone and she started talking to me about star seeds. And then I started to receive synchronistic events. And then I started feeling energy really, really strongly. Um, and I felt like those first two years, I, I felt like I did like almost like two degrees in a PhD on quantum physics, quantum mechanics, string theory, being an empath, indigo children's, the raising of the collective consciousness of humanity, the 2012 Mayan calendar, all the things. And I went down all the rabbit holes and was in all the chat rooms and mostly staying up till three, four, five a.m. Because I was like, how long have I been asleep and how long yeah. did I not get this? And you know, at the time I was still connected to toxic behaviors. I was still drinking alcohol every day. I was still kind of using recreational drugs in an unconscious way. I was still smoking a lot of cigarettes every day. Mm. And, you know, the sadness of that, the only reason why I really smoked was it was the only way I could connect to my family was through smoking. Oh, wow. Interesting. And so as I had this awakening, this version of me that I am now, that I have just had these like premonistic experiences of through for years. I didn't, I like, I felt this version of me, but I didn't know how to like unlock her. I didn't know yeah. how to like set her free. And through the journey of that awakening, the version of who I was started to dissolve. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, un, it's ungrounding because you start to change, but the people around you stay the same. Yes. So the people around you start to judge you. They start to laugh at the shifts that you're making. They don't understand why you don't want to drink with them anymore. They don't understand why you would give up smoking. They don't understand why you would want to change careers. When I changed careers from catering and hospitality into massage therapy, one friend of mine of 20 years laughed at me. That was her response. And I put up with that because that's all I knew. Yeah. And so over time, I started to understand how all this works, right? So we go through these energetic shifts. We are literally vibrating at a different frequency. Yes. So the people, places, and things are no longer resonant. It doesn't mean that we don't love those versions of us and those people of us and those experiences of us, but it's no longer resonant to who we're becoming. Mm -hmm. And so my desire to figure this out, figure out who she was, this being now, was more important to me because that's what I had been looking for ever since I was a child. That's mm. why I felt adopted. That's why I felt abandoned because I wasn't connected to my own source creator yes. within me, my own divinity. That's why I felt like I was odd and different because I knew that's what it was, but I didn't know what it was. Yes. So my spiritual awakening became a non-negotiable in my reality. And that's why I didn't just make it a oh, I'll just read a tarot card on the weekend and have a Reiki session. Like I made this my life, mm. you know? Yeah. And so the, the tipping point was around 28. And fast forward to now, I am <clears throat> my age. It's been, <laughs> <laughs> it's been such a beautiful journey. And the more I dive into this, the more I recognize there's more to learn mm. and there's more to unpack. But this version of me now doesn't smoke. This version of me now runs my own business. This version of me now gets to travel internationally when she wants. This version of me now earns way more money in one month than I would have earned in 10 years in my 20s. Mm. This version of me now has so much love for herself. This version of me now 
is activated in all of her spiritual gifts and tools, all the things that everyone ever laughed at her about is actually ironically. And the things that she tried to dampen down are the things that I'm paid the most amount for. Yes, 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 yes. Right? Yeah. What a beautiful (laughs) journey. Thank you for taking us through it. I got chills just listening to Mm. you. But a lot of questions came up as well, like like the social factors that, yeah, I I work with a lot of addicts. And one of the things they say is that they feel like they don't belong in this world, kind of like what you were saying. Um, And, you know, it's a mindset shift to realize, okay, it's not the person that's wrong. It's the environment that they're in. Cause I felt the same thing when I was young, I felt this incredible power, but it felt displaced. And I was like, I don't really know what to do with this. So I used alcohol to sort of dampen it down and just sort of fit in, right. Because that felt easier and more comfortable. Everybody else was doing it. But then again, and you know, as I grew, I was like, I can't ignore this anymore. I have to turn towards it. But I think there's so many social factors like criticism and ridicule and, you know, that, in in our social fabric that prevent a lot of people from making that leap they just stay stuck because it's what they know it's because it's what they were comfortable with and it's too scary to take that leap because they feel alone and there's this big black you know void this big abyss that they have to go into that's terrifying so they stay stuck in the familiar right and so i guess the question is like what are some of indicators if if somebody is resonating with what you're saying that they feel a power within them that is not realized what are some indicators in their lives that they might be out of alignment and what are some things that they can do like the first steps to move towards it? Mm, That's a great question. I mean, there's so many aspects to that, but the first one, like the micro step could be just really acknowledging that there is something else beyond what we know. Yes. And what happens is the mind is like, but the how and the why and the what, the when, the who It's like, just acknowledge that there is, a version of self inside that we're wanting to access to. So it's like, that could be like literally just step one. I acknowledge that I want to make a change. Mm. I acknowledge that I'm not happy. Mm. I acknowledge that I'm having connection to sabotaging beliefs and behaviors, right? Addiction stems from trauma. Addiction stems from escapism. Yep. Right. Yep. Totally. I I saw this with my mom, bless her, Mm -hmm. but her story was she smoked and got high every day because that's the only way she could cope with reality Mm -hmm. because the reality that she created for herself wasn't one that she wanted to be sober in. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of addiction comes from, you know, generally you have very sensitive and empathic people that it's a way to kind of dose down that energy because otherwise it becomes intense. So yep. we look for like a high in a different way. Yeah. That was me. Like, totally. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, it's going to be a long road and it's going to be a shitty road. and It's really tough, mm. but better to die trying than to live a life of inauthenticity, mm. carrying yes. out things that we're doing every single day. You know, I want to share this moment with you, an Please. experience I had it was my last day in Tulum quite recently. And I was at a cenote and um, to, to condense the story, um, a, a dead man was pulled out of the water. And I, I knew he was dead because my body was like, that's a dead man. And we pulled him out of the water and did CPR. And I was holding the space and his angels were around him and they were ready to take him up. And I said, well, hang on, give him a minute. He might want to stay. And I was tuning into his consciousness because I do mediumship as well. And he says, no, he was in a coma, but he was kind of, he was, he was kind of going through his life analysis and 
he understood and he was ready to go. And I said, well, listen, your family said, you want to come and take one more breath, you know, take one more breath in your body and see how you feel because we're doing resuscitation. Mm. It's meaningless because he's not in his body. It's just like a, it's just like a dead corpse. And he said he was complete. And I said, well, why are we doing this? Why are we trying to bring you back? And they, him and his angels said, it's for his family. So they knew they did everything they could to save his life. So they'd mm. never live a moment in regret that they didn't do everything they could. And I said, okay, so really this you're, you're gone and you're complete with that. And this is for the family. So I'm, wow. I'm hearing this all psychically while I'm holding the space for like the dad and, you know, and, and the mom and the sister. And then a gold column of light literally opens up with his body and up to the sky. And I see his soul halfway through and I just start doing some energy work. There's these mind elders behind me, they're praying and I'm just kind of doing my energy work. And then I see him disappear. And that's the minute the ambulance arrived and the paramedics came down and they were walking. I mean, they knew, they knew he was dead. They weren't rushing. Right. So a very intense experience, but the gift of this, which I, which is why I want to share here. If you had one moment and one breath left to live, and that was it. Would you feel regret or would you feel peace? And if you don't, that's the fucking wake up call. That is the moment. That is the moment to realize that you are the only person that can make a shift in your life. Mm. It doesn't matter about the past. It doesn't matter what mommy didn't do or daddy didn't do. You are responsible now right here to take a breath and take this moment consciously that you are commanding into the space. I am making a change. And every moment after that, I am working on it. And this is how we start to make massive rapid transformation in our life because we're conscious to becoming the person that we always knew was inside of us. Mm. Wow. And to never take that breath for granted and that moment. Mm. I just got full body chills when you said that. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, that's something uh, I've lived by as well as, and I think about often if I take a deep breath right now and, and, and feel into that, I'm at complete peace with the decisions I've made and where I'm at now, you know, but that doesn't mean there isn't um, a will to grow more and to evolve more and to learn more. Absolutely. That impulse is there all the time, but I am at complete peace with who I am and the choices I've made specifically in the last couple of years, because I did run for a long time. Most of my life I was running and hiding and, uh, you know, going to the bottom of bottle to avoid it. Um, but I applaud anyone who has the courage to ask themselves that, that question and, you know, take the steps to jump into that void because it is scary. It's scary as hell, especially if the people around you aren't doing it. Your family, your closest friends, your, your drinking buddies, you know, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to ridicule you. They're going to ostracize you and you're going to feel isolated. But I guarantee, and I think you'll agree with this, Zoe, there is so much magic on the other side of that leap even though it's terrifying, even though there's going to be dark days and you're going to cry and you're going to get torn apart. You know, that old identity needs to be broken down for the new, truest you to evolve and to, to break through. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, wow. This is awesome. So glad to reconnect with you. It's <laughs> yeah, uh, just you being around you. I'll, I'll regale the audience with a quick story about you is that, you know, we hung out a bunch of times and then we went for lunch one day and <laughs> and <laughs> we just we did this uh you know impromptu activation session at a full restaurant and zoe just tuned into my field and saw me i felt seen in a way that i've never felt before by you and you just the, mm. because you open up a space and you you pierce right through all the bullshit all the stories all the ego and you see 
or at least you saw me at a level where I, I didn't feel seen by anybody in my life. And it was so powerful and so beautiful that I was moved to tears and I was just crying openly in the middle of this packed restaurant. And I didn't give a shit either. It's like, fuck it. You know, this is who I am. This is the experience I'm having right now. This is like, there was no, um, no shame in it whatsoever, but it just, what you saw in me was my truest essence. And just to have that witnessed and reflected back to me was so moving. And, but you also saw, saw the part of me, the child that was still scared, which was also true. You know, that part of me that was need to be healed or need needed attention. And so I'll be eternally grateful for that moment. And I think about it almost every day because it was so, mm. so powerful. So thank you. I just wanted to say that on the record. Mm, thank you. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you mentioned that you are a psychic and this is something that I've, um, you know, spoke to other people who are psychics as well. And a lot of them say that everybody is psychic on a certain level. So I wanted to ask you, and it's just maybe some people are more attuned than others, um, but is it something that everybody has access to these levels of consciousness or some, or some people more equipped than other people? So, yeah, I would say that um, some people tend to naturally be more inclined in that way without necessarily kind of looking for it. You know, right. like I, at four years old, I wasn't meaning to be psychic, but it just was. I mean, it would, my family stopped wrapping my presents after a while or they just would, <laughs> you know, because they were like, well, that's the point because they're like, are you not going to open this big box here? And I'm like, yeah, but that's that thing. And I don't want to play with that right now. I'm going to open up, I'm going to open up the doll over here. And they're like, how do you know it's a doll? It's like, cause I can see it. They're like, we give up. We're not going to wow. spend the money on the wrapping paper. So, wow. But yeah, everyone has abilities to step into higher states of consciousness. Everyone yeah. has abilities to open their third eye to see beyond what's here. But we've got to get out of our own way, which is the mind, which is the how mm. and the thinking, mm. right? We all experienced ex moments of, of magic as children. And that kind of got stripped down from us, right? Adults totally. like that doesn't exist, right? You know, yeah. like when your bubbles burst, that Santa doesn't exist and the tooth fairy is really your, your, your mom. <laughs> But what about the rest of it? Like a lot of times, like children have very like profound experiences, but we just, we don't really trust them. We don't, we just kind of laugh at them like, oh, you're playing. Yes. And then adults have these profound experiences. And, you know, when, like not to convince anyone, like I, I know that I see things for people and I know I see things for myself and, and sometimes I'm really spot on, like, but I don't really... I don't really like, it's not that I offer psychic sessions. I don't have mm. people come to me. When am I going to meet my tall, dark and handsome partner? Right. Or <laughs> when am I going to X, Y, Z, you know, right. being psychic is the ability to see the potential beyond what's known. And we can tune in to the fabric of time space of a potential timeline that exists based on that person's current frequency. Mm. Right. And then the frequency could shift based on that knowledge. And there could be a different opening that would be more aligned. So mm. this kind of psychic, this kind of like, you know, there's this sense of like a psychic, you know, you go to a spiritual fair and you've got your, your, your purple rinse granny with the angel cards. We've just, we've kind of evolved beyond that. Right. And that's right. why I love to kind of bridge the gap between the woo and quantum physics. Yes. Right. And I'm Beautiful. not an expert in quantum physics. I haven't like studied as a professional in quantum physics, but I have been reading and experiencing the quantum realm for, mm -hmm. for, for many years. And so we want to bring those two pieces into it, but absolutely everyone has the ability to step into a version of them that is opening them up to something beyond what they've known. Mm. Right. And yes. 
it's work, you know, like I have so many people in the past, like, oh, you know, I did this like meditation to like open my third eye and like see something and nothing happens. So maybe I'm just like not that gifted. I'm like, well, how many times did you do it? Well, you know, like 10 minutes. Like, well, is that it? Like, if you could you do it every day? Well, no. Like, well, how did you learn to read? Like, well, I just kept reading books. Yeah. And can you read now? Well, yeah. So it's like, when it comes to things like spirituality and like wanting to step into these different versions, the, the, it's like humans have a very short attention span. They just feel that if they're not naturally gifted, yeah. like all the, a lot of the tools that come through me energetically that I work with now, I didn't have access to 10 years ago. The frequencies was too high, but as I've cleaned my vessel out, mm. I'm able to hold more of that. I'm able to hold more light. I started off offering massage therapy and Reiki. Mm. And then I did some more studying and did some more like quantum shifting within my own version. And then more of these tools started to, to come online. Right. And now when I'm in client session with people, sometimes things are coming through for them that I've never taught before. And it's just specific to them. It's mm. just what their field is wanting them to. So there's many layers and, but I study, I read and, uh, and this is full time for me, mm. you know? So if you're someone that's like wanting to experience more of that, like practice, just yeah. and don't worry about making it up or getting it wrong. Like, yeah, that's another thing. It's like half of this is imagination. We create thought through form through imagination. Yet the mind is like, well, maybe I'm just making it up. Well, we make reality up. So yes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, I love all of this. So if somebody's listening and they're like, what the hell are they talking about? Maybe we can just sort of break down some of these terms and and, and put them in more, you know, layman's terms like the quantum field or multidimensionality. Like what are what are those things? What do they mean? Sure. And what I will say as well, is anyone listening to this and this isn't making total sense now, it will do in the future. And you'll come back to us and go, oh yeah, I get uh, it now. Right, uh, yeah. That's what you're on about. <laughs> okay. I, I understand. So just know that, right? Like, yeah. I remember when I first heard someone talking about DNA activation, I was like, oh, that sounds messy that I don't want to go messing around with DNA. And what is right. that? And now that's all I teach is DNA activations, right? right? And so it's funny, like the cool. thing that I was like most scared about is the one thing that I was most activated to. Yeah. Or maybe you can um, explain that as well. Okay. So what were your questions? What is the quantum field? Yeah. Well, just all these terms that we use, like the field and the quantum and dimensions and frequency. Like if people aren't familiar with these terms, sort of just give us the, the lay of the land. What do they mean? Okay. The frequency is the energy that you vibrate at. Okay. You know, when you ever go, you whenever you're in front of a person, oh, I just feel really bad energy from that person, probably because right. they're kind of running quite a dense frequency. Right. Right. Do you ever go in and hang out with someone and you, you just feel like uplifted and happy and like, you're like, wow, I feel really inspired now. It's probably because they've got a really strong, high loving frequency, right? right. So that's kind of frequency in its most basic form. Dimensions, we're in the third dimensional reality, which is duality and separation, right? right? That's the that's this reality of this, this perspective of density. We have this so that we can understand a linear experience, experiencing time in space from A to B, mm. right? Mm. And we can understand solidarity. So, you know, we assume that this is a bed, this is a, a laptop screen, this is like headphones, and things. As we open up our higher states of consciousness, which is our ability to receive more light, mm. we're able to have higher dimensional experiences, which is that 5D consciousness, 60, 70, and beyond, where we are no longer just vibrating in the dense experience. We have consciousness 
that we're vibrating in all of these different experiences in all of these different dimensions simultaneously to the power of now. So we just open up and have access to that. <laughs> the quantum realm is the potential beyond time space, which is this physical reality that we're having here now. And it's everything and nothing all at the same time. Mm. All potentials exist. All realities exist. Everything. And it's not to say that, oh, well, if that happens, like, why did my mum die of cancer? Right. You know, if she could have healed herself. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But right. in its layman's forms, the quantum, as we tune into the quantum, we're bringing our consciousness out of this density that the illusion of 3D, that this is all there is, mm. right? And that's when you start to experience quantum shifts in your life. You could have someone that was an addict for 20 years and they wake up one day, I'm done. Right. Because they tuned into a version of them that is no longer that person. And it's almost like that gets downloaded into their physical reality. And it's like that. Mm. I thought I was never going to be able to give up smoking. I was like, I really had convinced myself that I just was going to be a smoker for the rest of my life. Right. But as I raised my frequency and tuned into the version of me that existed in the quantum, this version of me that was beyond what I knew, but I didn't know how to get to her, it naturally dissolved. Mm. Like I cannot stand smoking now. Anyone comes <laughs> near me with smoke, any kind of smoke, oof, I'm, I'm like, it's like, it's like, and people are quite shocked when I tell them this past version of me. They're like, really? I don't see you being that person. Like, well, I'm a different person. We are in extraordinary times and facing unprecedented challenges. Never in history have we been so connected yet so divided at the same time. Now more than ever, there's a fundamental need and desire for us to come together in community and collaboration to experience real and authentic connection with our fellow human beings, to be part of a tribe of people who are doing the challenging work of making sense of the world and their place in it, to have a safe place to be vulnerable and get the support we so desperately seek as we navigate the complexity of modern life. This is why I've created The Chrysalis, an exclusive online community for people who are doing the deep work of personal development, of awakening, of healing, of peeling back the layers of conditioning and unconscious programming and unleashing their full creative expression through the discovery of their life's purpose. This is for the people who have the courage to say yes to life and to becoming the best version of themselves for their own benefit and for the benefit of all. This private membership group will be hosted away from the prying eyes and ears of the big tech platforms and will feature live group coaching calls, exclusive content and trainings, plus guest speakers, workshops, and more. At its essence, the Chrysalis is about coming together in a thriving community with the shared intention of co-creating the future that we all want to live in. If this resonates with you, go to enterthechrysalis.com for more information and to reserve your spot. Chrysalis is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S. So that's enterthechrysalis.com. Now, back to the show. Yes. Well, a bunch of things came up for me. I just wanted to share sort of my perspective and, and get your, your take on it. But, you know, I believe that we're, we're 
infinite beings that come from a field of consciousness. And we enter into this 3D reality that you're referring to for the purpose of learning in this dimension, you know, the linear, uh, linear time and space, um, density, um, matter. Um, these are, this is an environment for us as infinite souls, infinite beings to, uh, to learn and to transcend to, and give that information back to a collective. Right. And so when, when we are born, we are these innocent light beings. And then we immediately have this traumatic experience of birth and we go into the world and we have all these traumas and it's our, our mission, our duty to, um, navigate all these challenges and return to wholeness, uh, as best we can within this lifetime. And those of us that, um, are successful, fully successful in returning to wholeness. That's what we call enlightenment because you've reached a, a stage of consciousness that is returning to wholeness while still, in, still being in the 3d body. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, is there anything you want to, you want to add to that? Like, I would say that, you know, the biggest thing that trips people up when they get into adulthood and they start learning about consciousness and these things, is they're mm. still holding on to this need for their family to love them. Yeah. They're totally. still looking for validation. Yeah. And that's actually the thing that holds a lot of people back. Like, mm. uh, so this is where I knew that something was a bit odd with me as a child. Like I, I saw my family playing out these very traumatic emotional experiences with each other. And I never blamed them. I kind of looked at them and saw their little children inside them and knew that they were just playing out their shadow. Mm. I understood that they were operating from the field of consciousness that they only had ability to access. Yes, exactly. And so the fortunities of that is it helped me, it's helped me to help thousands of others to mm. let that go. Mm. I wrote a book a few years ago and one of the chapters is about um when we're born. You know, that's when we're that's when we're closest to source. Yeah. Exactly. And we're closest to the physical reality because yeah. we're we're in the mother's womb. So we're experiencing we're experiencing both consciously simultaneously. But then when we're born um, you know, the disconnect that happens because births these days, there's, they're a cash cow and they're yeah. done unconsciously. And right. so when the umbilical cord gets cut, um, Im immaturely, right. It's like they get cut too soon. Um, it cuts off source. And what happens with a child when they're first born is they're, 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 they're held by someone that's not family. They're not put on the floor to ground with the earth to know that they're here with the umbilical cord. So it's like that mm. smooth transition. It's like, it's such a crazy experience. Um, and so the soul looks to find love again. Where mm. did love go? It looks to find it because it's separate from love. So that's why it keeps looking to its mom for love and, and its dad and its family. And it doesn't make the experiences of people's childhoods. Okay. Like a lot of parents are pretty shitty, but they also did the best they could with what they had. Totally. And we going through our spiritual awakening can make peace of that and forgive that because forgiveness is what allows us to let the energetic tie to that go. And we start plugging into our own energy field. Mm. Love comes from our heart. Love comes from opening our hearts to ourselves and connecting to source consciousness through our hearts. Mm. And as we run source consciousness through our being every day, 
we can forgive and let go. It doesn't make it okay. The abuse, the trauma, whatever was like, you know, shitty things happen to good people and good things happen to shitty people, Mm -hmm. right? That's life. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. But we do get to release the attachment of what we've been looking for so long outside of ourselves. And that's when we dissolve major patterns. We stop dating our family, our parents, (laughs) you know, many women, they date their dad, many men date their mom and then they get repulsed because like, fuck you remind me of my mother, you know? (laughs) So plug into the own system, the own energy field, the own heart space. Yes. Uh, this is beautiful. We're talking a lot about the the individual, but what came up for me when you were talking about the birth and the trauma of it is how that's um, impacting the collective and the trauma that we've experienced as a collective over generations, over lifetimes, over millennia. Um, and to me, what's happening now is that collective trauma, and that's could be from you know genocide, war, slavery, rape, all the things that have happened that are, have been unresolved in the collective that are still operating in the field of all of humanity, all the earth, are coming to the forefront now, and you know it have been accelerated over the events of the last eighteen months that we're all familiar with. Um, it's becoming very clear that there is um, deep collective trauma that needs healing, and um, are, are being called to the forefront in order to be healed, in order to be transmuted, in order for humanity as a whole to make that jump to a higher consciousness. And that that's to me what is going on in the world right now. This sort of this, this push and pull between the people that are awakening and moving towards their highest selves as individuals, but also this collective trauma. It's just this, like this big black heavy weight that's holding down so many of us and so many of us are caught in it. Um, but I believe that there's a spiritual awakening going on, um, you know, planetary on a planetary level. Uh, and that gives me a lot of hope because I think a lot of the problems we're seeing are born of the, the dissociation from self and source. You know, we go into our ego minds, we go into these stories, um, and we disconnect from our truest selves. We disconnect from each other. We disconnect from nature. And that allows us, enables us to do harm, you know, like people that are, you know, in power doing harm and externalizing harm to the environment, to other people without caring about it, without realizing that we're all connected. So for me, there's a collective transformation going on right now. And that's why I honor anybody who has the courage to move towards their, their own self-development, their own higher self, because it does make an impact on the collective. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's the inner work reflecting the outer work. And, you know, a lot of people sometimes just feel really helpless when we think about the macro and the intensity of the world. Totally. And what can you do every day in each moment to make a difference? Maybe you hold the door open for someone. Maybe you buy someone's groceries. Maybe you phone someone up that you haven't spoken to for a really long time, but you're just feeling into them and just tell them how much you appreciate them, (laughs) how much you love them. Maybe get involved with some charities, do some volunteering work once a week you know, make a a foundation, an organization, like Mm. come together in community, self-regulate, self-organize, but from a place of expansion, not from a place of, oh, I'm here to fix and save humanity because that's also an ego patriarch agenda. Totally. You know, I actually had a woman say to me a few months ago after my, um, my accident with the moped, um, that it um, was unsolicited advice. I didn't ask her to message me this, but she said, oh, you know, I really believe your accident was to clear the deep-seated trauma of Gaia 
And I just responded back in a live video. And I was like, this is where I'm going to draw the line. Cause I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like pretty woo and out there. Like I'm probably one of the most kind of like crazy people I know, but I'm also very human as well. Yeah. And like, I love to bridge the two. And I just expressed that I'm not playing a martyr program. Like, Oh, it's okay. I, yeah. I had this accident, but I did it for Gaia. Yeah, you know, right. Gaia's healing now because of me. You know, we can't run that program totally. because that actually um, stems from the fallen, um, fallen timelines of Atlantis, and we're just going to recreate the same pattern. Right. So, like, be really mindful of your intentions when you're, you know, doing this work mm. and really kind of going in and not expecting a reward from it. Right, the mm. ego. If I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, but I've already done so much work. Right. I'm like, well, <laughs> when, the thing is when you say that, that's the ego and we're going to have to do this again. Right. They're like, but I've already done it. I'm like, well, how do you feel? Well, I'm still attached. Well, it's not work then. Has it? It's like, it's not dissolved. So just be mindful of, you know, yes, we want so desperately for everyone to sort their stuff out on planet earth. Yeah. Might not be this lifetime, Yeah. but we're working towards it. But it's the now. The now is what we have control over. The now yes. is what we get to consciously choose that is in alignment for us. Mm. So yes, do the inner work, but from expansion, filling back in with light, filling back in with pleasing thoughts, filling back in with more of who we are, and then be in service. Mm. Right? I yes. have an online spiritual-based business. I serve clients and I run programs and I love it and it's amazing. And I get to work with people from all over the world and I get to speak on incredible platforms like this. There's also this kind of unspoken work that goes on behind the scenes that I don't shout or boast about. Mm. They're the moments where I'm helping this man cross over. Mm. They're the moments where I'm kind of buying someone's groceries because I can just feel in their field that they wanted to get the extra food, but they put it back because they mm. couldn't afford it. So I bought their groceries. There's all these beautiful things that we can just naturally do in the world because we're good people. Mm. And when we get overwhelmed or a feeling of helplessness around the macro, take a breath, come back to presence, appreciate the moment appreciate the conscious thought that we get to have in this space mm. and then make an action step based from that. Mm. Yes. Beautiful. I love that you brought that up because there are definitely pitfalls uh, in the spiritual awakening practice that we can all I've fallen into myself and everybody I'm sure has at some level, uh, some level. Well, it's this new age, you know, it's new age is old news to me. I'm going to write a blog <laughs> post about this, but it really is. There's a lot of, there's a lot that? of kind of New age is the old age. Yeah, <laughs> it's my yeah, love title. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> well, it's it's a story. It's a story as much as everything else is a story, and it keeps everyone slightly out of alignment and trapped because right. then there's these false personas of ego, of like, oh, I was Hathor in Egypt, and therefore you need to treat me like this. And right. <laughs> I love the fact that I'm called Zoe. I think Zoe's an awesome name. I love it. I'm okay with that. I have a higher self name of Sheba that I whisper when I'm doing activations, but I, I was also a crystalline such and such in Atlantis. I was also in the Pleiades. I was also, we're, we're everything. Mm. So even mm. to have an identity to a past self of us based on these new age principles, it's actually, it's, it's actually limiting our potential. Mm. 
And so I do, like, I went down the rabbit hole of the new age community years ago, you know, for about a year. And then I just kind of pulled myself out of it one day. And my guidance was don't read anything for a year. Don't learn anything from anyone Mm. at all. Don't listen to any spiritual teacher. Because especially like pre-2012, there was a lot of fear in the spiritual communities. Like you wait, you all who haven't done your spiritual work, you're going to rot on this earth and us light beings are going to get beamed up in light ships. Well, great. That didn't happen. Yeah. No. And I don't see them anymore unless they really were in these crazy cults and beamed up in another way but there's just it it, i I feel like a lot of my work is to debunk and dis and help people descend back into the humanness Mm -hmm. because that's where the power is it's easy to be light it's easy to be out of the body and have these euphoric experiences can you be in the body and can you make contact with that being that you are in the mirror can you look at that being of you and go you're fucking all right. You are. I love you. I really, really love you. We're going to have an amazing day today. Yeah. This is cool. Look at this. I get to be in this physical vessel and float around in this crazy reality called earth. This is the spaceship. I'm going to love this. That's change. People want to make transformational change and they go outside of themselves and then they come in like, Oh, how come my physical reality is not changing? Like, what have you been in your body? Well, no, Mm. well, come back. Yes. Come back. Beautiful. Yeah. It's another, it's another ego trap to get caught in these higher dimensions and seeking these peak experiences and not come back to the 3d body. Well, that's the thing when, when someone says, Oh, I've ascended to the eighth dimension. Have you really, did you need to tell me that? (laughs) How's your ego today? (laughs) Exactly. Great. Oh, you're in the eighth dimension. Well, I'm still seeing you right here. Why did you need to tell me? Surely I would feel the presence of your grandness in the eighth dimension. (laughs) Exactly. We say it best when we say nothing at all, because people will feel something when I speak. I'm speaking from my heart yes. and my experience and my love and my joy and my magic and my wisdom. And pe- that's where people feel something after the conversation. Like, wow, I feel like a buzz of excitement and I want to get shit moving. I'm like, good. That's yes. when I get really excited. Totally. Totally. Right? Yeah. You speak of your guidance and your guides, and this is something I've asked you before, but I'd like to ask you again here. So if somebody's, you know, wondering what that means and wondering if they can and um, tune into what their guides are telling them, what, how can you, um, how can we do that? You know, just as, because for me, it's like when I think about guides or, or, you know, my guidance speaking to me, I think about, you know, like God and heaven going, Oh, Patrick, you need to do this. You know, it's like this voice outside of me. It's like, what the fuck? You know, like I, that never happens for me. It's like, so am I listening to my guides? And um, because I think it takes, and this is what I've learned. It takes a, um, it takes coming to a sense of stillness because my guys, my intuition is a whisper. It's not the the loud, noisy ego mind that's constantly chattering, right? It's a whisper. And unless I quiet my mind through meditation, for example, I can't hear it. So is that is that what you re- are referring to when you we talk about guidance? What does it mean for you? Yes. And you you just said it beautifully. Mm. Message outside of myself. So is that really your guidance? Mm. So internally Mm. my guidance is my heart my guidance is my mind because critical thinking is still a massive part of this experience absolutely thank you for saying that's kind of not really (laughs) shared enough either like oh i just totally quit my job and i have no money in my bank account but someone said that just trust spirit and see what happens but i don't have anything to eat i'm like let's think about this for a minute like are you really in the energy 
but then they're funny, running the energy of not really being receptive and it just goes further. So, you right. know, there's, that's an extreme version, but critical thinking, heart, intuition. When I say guidance, yeah, there's beings of high dimensional consciousness. That is the version of me having an experience in high dimensional consciousness. Right. Okay, right? cool. And so I can present myself to me as a guide, as an angel, or I can just prevent my, present myself to me as a knowing, mm. right? Mm. Me being that I am creator, that I am presence, the infinite of all there is, not separate to me, but a version of me that has a high perspective. It's like an eagle, right? Like flying above... Mm. You've got more possibilities. When I butt zoom up to my reality, I'm maybe not going to have all of the perspectives, especially if my ego is involved in the mm. drama karma, right? So sometimes I zoom out and go into the viewpoint of observer, which is bringing mm. my consciousness out of the identity of Zoe and looking at it from a different perspective. Like, did you really need to be mean to that person? You know, was that, was that really love and light? <laughs> You know, no, no, not really. Did you, was this the highest alignment for you? So it's just kind of like an internal dialogue Mm. with self. I also have streams of consciousness that come through me. My body will physically tell me when it's happy and it will Mm. physically tell me, no, I don't like that. If I try and eat dairy, my body will be like, hmm. I don't like you doing that to me. I don't enjoy mm. that experience because I'll clear it right. pretty quickly. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's, there's different, I was being polite. There's, there's, there's different ways that we can tune in to our guidance mm. and our guides. And I'm just giving these abstract um, yeah. experiences. So I see, sense, feel, and hear energy, mm. right? Not all at the same time. Sometimes I'm hearing, sometimes I'm seeing, sometimes I'm sensing. And yeah, sometimes it's all at the same time. And that's through the opening of the energy channels and being receptive to seeing what's beyond here, what's beyond what I know. And that's the practice, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll hear clear, direct messages in my right ear, especially if I'm a bit in my ego. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hear the message like, "Mm mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I remember this once a friend was speaking to me and she was about to share a really deep, profound, like sharing. And I'm really present most of the time. This was years ago. And I just, I trailed off for a split second into a daydream. And I had this message. Well, there's no point you looking at her if you're not going to listen to her. And I just burst out laughing. And I said to her, I've got to be honest. I had nothing what you said. Let me take, <laughs> let me take, let me take a moment. Okay. Now I'm present for you. Please share your story. Uh, awesome. Beautiful awareness. I love that. I love that. What I will share, sorry to to complete, but what I will share is if you're ever feeling guidance that's making you feel less than, Mm. that's making you feel like you've done something wrong or you're running out of time, I would question the authenticity of what you're receiving. Especially if it's true. If you're having sessions with people, there's a lot of there's a lot of crap out there. And I'm sorry, there's a lot of egoic energy that's not that's not really supporting you know yes. and i had this through a lot of toxic friends years ago i just was trauma bonding with them because my soul so desperately wanted friendships that resonated mm. with this that actually i realized that they had agendas for me that weren't supportive of me and mm-hmm. i i caught that one day in a session with this woman like i could see the transmission of energy coming through her and i literally 
energetically saw the ego and how it filtered through. And the message she gave me was not the message that was coming through. Mm. So just be discernment. Yeah. And sometimes we're not some, you know, don't be afraid to get it wrong as yeah. well. Like, you know, yeah. you took the left road. Okay. We back up and take the right road. It's <laughs> no big deal. Like, <laughs> all right. Like it's took a wrong turn. Like a, just do a Yui. You do a Yui, do a Yui. That's exactly the question I was about to ask you. So you, you just intuited well, it yeah. perfectly. I'm just listening to you telepathically. <laughs> Zoe Davenport, what a dream, what a pleasure and a privilege to drop in with you. Is there anything we haven't sort of touched on that uh, that's important? I'd say get ready to be ready right now. Get ready you know, make, to be ready. Make this a non-negotiable Yes. Learn, absorb, soak things up, make time for you, make space for you. Yes. You need to wake up an hour earlier or go to bed an hour later, do it. You're going to feel so much better for it. Yes. Beautiful. And with these big changes that you're wanting to make, what's the next step? The the tiniest, babyest Mm. little step, because all we're doing is we're breaking down these belief patterns, right? Mm. That's in the subconscious. So we just we're just doing it in a way that is building trust with ourselves. Mm. And again, I think you just answered my last question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're always one step ahead of me. I'd love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you were to take uh, all of your experiences, all the wisdom and knowledge gained and distill it down into one message or one sentence, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Oh, love is all there is. Beautiful. Love is the answer. Love is the answer. The title of your book, which I read as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) Zoe Davenport, thank you so much for sharing your time, your wisdom, your magic today. Can you let people know where they can find you? You can find me online on Instagram at I am Zoe, Z-O-E, Davenport. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes. And then zoedavenport.com. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I can say from experience, you are incredibly powerful and working with you will change your life. So if anybody is resonating with this, please reach out to Zoe. Um, She's an incredible person. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you soon. Let's go surfing. Thank you, Patrick. This is amazing. Thank you for being. (laughs) Yay. Thank you, Zoe. All right. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Ciao. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. And if you're ready to make massive changes in your life and looking for the support and accountability to make it happen, I'm currently accepting applications for my private one-to-one coaching. You can send an email to patrick at patrickcookcoaching.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, life is now. Live your being.